Winnipeg Jets fans, game two of the NHL season was a bit of a reality check. Obviously, Winnipeg had a fun evening last week, but game two against the Dallas Stars didn't exactly go to plan. I'll walk us through some of the biggest issues with this team, how the Jets might go about fixing this, and, you know, who might be able to come in and help this team, especially when it comes to the roster on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, like I mentioned at the top, uh, Winnipeg had a second game of the season against the Dallas Stars, and things didn't quite go according to plan. Uh, If the plan was to not get embarrassed, well, unfortunately, the Jets fell a little bit short of that. Um, It's really disappointing because the Jets came out in the first period, and they actually looked pretty darn good. I thought the Jets were primed for... A fun, competitive outing, uh, a fast-paced game. You know, the Stars have been racking up a couple of wins lately. I know the season just started, but the Stars, by all accounts, seem to be a pretty decent squad. Uh, I think they racked up quite a few goals in their first couple of victories. And so I was expecting this to be a pretty difficult game. But, you know, the Jets have had a little bit more rest than everyone. And, you know, they've got a three-game road trip this week, uh, touring through some of the toughest teams in the West, including... Colorado and Vegas on back-to-back nights. And so for the Jets kind of coming out into the second game and having a really big statement evening was kind of critical. Not not necessarily because, you know, this is going to decide how the rest of the rest of the season goes, but just getting your feet wet, kind of starting the season off and getting into a good rhythm. I thought it would have been really a positive development to see the Jets at least play a close competitive game against the Stars even if they ended up losing somehow. But instead, you know, the Jets had like a good opening 10 or so minutes, and then the rest of the the game was basically the Stars just sort of running over the Jets. Um, Now, as far as Winnipeg goal scorers are concerned, we had Mark Shifley getting a nice one-timer, and, uh, you know, you you love to see that first line really clicking. Initially, I was kind of of the mindset of maybe swapping Perfetti and Connor, but one of the big issues with this game that we saw, and it's something that has maybe been a bit of an issue during preseason, barring like a couple of shifts, it just really hasn't felt like Pierre-Luc Dubois has quite been with the program. Um, I thought that he was really a non-factor this evening. He had a a bit of a silly penalty, and he just really wasn't getting into the typically dangerous scoring areas and, and creating the way that we know he should. And on, you know, the first goal against for the Jets, Dubois missed an assignment on Sagan and he saw him kind of come in, but ended up letting him go. And, you know, thanks to a bit of a a, a comedy of errors and the sequence of events that 
weren't certainly on on Dubois' shoulders, but certainly um, he shared blame in it. You know, suddenly Sagan scores, ties the game, and everything kind of starts to shift after that. So uh, kind of revisiting that thought process, I think it might just be better for the Jets to leave the first line as is and hope that they outscore the rest of Winnipeg's uh, lack of depth because if Dubois not really interested in in playing the game that we know he can and really playing at a high level, well, then it doesn't really make sense to put Connor there if he's already feasting on that first line and, you know, Shifley and Ehlers are working really well with him. So, um, you know, that second line is going to lack some considerable scoring punch. I thought for this game, they were okay. I thought that they got into some dangerous scoring areas, but you kind of saw Perfetti getting uh, hit a lot and, and certainly rubbed out against the walls which forced him to try and pass out under pressure. Didn't always work out. I thought Wheeler had uh, a couple of decent opportunities. One of them, you know, was basically on the goal line, but he just couldn't shove it home past the massive, massive bodies. And so, uh, you know, you, you can tell that this unit is very skilled. There's a lot of good passing ability, a lot of creativity and playmaking skill. But if either, uh, you know, one of these players falls behind in some capacity, especially the center in Dubois, uh, I mean, you're just not really getting a lot of production from them. So I, I, I don't think I'm particularly panicked that they haven't scored yet necessarily, but I think it is something that, you know, we kind of knew that this would be an issue heading into the season. It's not that they are offensively a slouch, but um, in terms of that goal scoring ability and that finishing talent, this unit just doesn't have as much as that first line. And I think that's very obvious to anyone who has seen this unit before and has seen the first line. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know how you'd resolve this without going externally or maybe calling up one of your really talented kids because the team just doesn't have enough internally on the roster. That's not like a Brad Lambert type to try and fill in these gaps. This is why I'm I'm still of the mindset that a player like um, Yesapuya Yarvi would be a really good target. I would also be looking at Vancouver right now because the Canucks might be about to go into fire sale mode if the start to the season continues. Uh, they have been really embarrassing recently. They blew a number of major leads, and that team has some phenomenal goal scorers and creators if the Jets are trying to find uh, an option that might be not cheap. I, I wouldn't say that at all. I think, you know, going to the Canucks will probably be pretty pricey. But if the Jets are trying for like a really good goal scorer, like say Brock Besser or maybe even Connor Garland, who's got some term, uh, both he and Besser are signed for a couple of years. I would be looking at those options. I think those guys could definitely help Winnipeg in the immediate future and give them a significant boost. You know, I'm also a big RV fan. I've talked about him before, and I think he would be a great force for this team, especially helping with the transition stuff, which is one thing that the Jets really do lack in great supply. So, you know, forwards-wise, it wasn't a great performance. The depth lines also didn't have the best outing, but I think a lot of the problems kind of stemmed uh, from the back end first, and that's kind of where, you know, you might say the troubles began. We'll talk about what really uh, stood out to me with this defense and how the Jets could maybe get it back on track in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Built.com. I've talked about Built Bars before. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's the only protein bar that's more like a candy bar with a 100% real chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They've got tons of great flavors. 
I personally would recommend some of these simple basic ones first. Um, stuff like, you know, raspberry dark chocolate. They've got a really good coconut dark chocolate one that's, that's also fantastic. But if you're feeling adventurous, of course, they're constantly innovating, constantly delivering new flavors like cookie dough chunk puff, uh, churro puff. I mean, some of the stuff is fantastic. I've tried their samples before, um, and some of these flavors are just amazing, especially for, you know, how healthy they are. You know, most built Bars clock in around 150 to 160 calories, and they're loaded with anywhere from 14 to 17 grams of protein. So, you know, they're very low in sugar, low in calories, and they give you that extra boost of protein for a lot of you who might be working out. Maybe you're looking for something to build that muscle mass. No matter what it is that you need with a built Bar, you know, maybe it's like an afternoon pick-me-up or some kind of like a meal replacement. Built Bar is there to, got to, to have your back and they also offer like variety boxes if you want to check out a number of different flavors. They have a 12-pack that I think is a great option, gives you lots of different choices, and you can kind of pick and choose the flavors that you want so that you can find your brand new favorite and get that supply once you've picked your uh, your preferred taste. But if you're ready to get started, it really couldn't be easier. Just go to built.com and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON15 at build.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are talking about the Jets versus the Dallas Stars, and obviously things kind of went whew, really, really downhill quickly, unfortunately. Before we kind of go through that game, though, and, and talk about in particular, the defense, which I think was one of the biggest issues. I do want to recommend that you make your second listen uh, game to game from Locked On NHL. We have every moment, every top performance and every result with Locked On game to game. It covers all of the games, including Jets games from the NHL, and it features local analysis that only Locked On can deliver in around 40 to 45 to 60 second segments for each team. Um, if you want to stay up to date, obviously just follow game to game on Locked On NHL. Wherever you get your favorite podcasts, it's available on all the same platforms that we are. So give us a follow right now because we really love and appreciate your support. Now, circling back to the Jets uh, against the Stars. Oh, yeah, it, it it was a tough game. Um, the back half, especially like from period two on, it, it was just the Stars swarming the puck, constantly pressuring the Jets, uh, forcing turnovers physically imposing their will pretty much in all zones of the ice. And the Jets really never threatened to score. Only a couple of opportunities here and there where I thought the Jets might be able to scratch one back. And that was basically at the end of the game when it was like way too late. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, the coaching staff is going to look at this game and feel like it was kind of a disaster. But here's the thing about this, right? I kind of came into the season suggesting that I, I didn't need to see like a playoff team, right? I didn't really have major expectations for this year. What I wanted was growth and development uh, and, and a showing of progress moving towards a brighter future. And in some ways, the Jets are on the right path. But when I look at how the defense played and, and kind of the issues that the blue line had, as well as the personnel selection and the arrangement, you kind of start to ask just how much progress is this group actually capable of making as constructed. And I think that that is a legitimate concern when you've got, you know, Logan Stanley and Nate Schmidt on your third pairing, Dylan and Pionk together on your second, and Morrissey and DeMello on the first. 
Now, I've said before, some of these pairings are fine as is. That was kind of the understanding, but uh, Morrissey DeMello really struggled last night. Um, DeMello in particular, for some reason, he just seemed like he was a totally different defender than what we're used to. Uh, He coughed the puck up a lot. I thought he looked slow on his reads. His positioning was poor. It just really wasn't a customary performance from D- Dylan that, that like we're used to. He's usually a very calming, steady presence, a guy that you can rely on. And while Morrissey was pretty solid, you know, it was difficult not having um, the security of that partner that you can trust. I thought DeMello was like unusually poor, uh, which is not really what you want to see because he is, for all intents and purposes, maybe our most stable and best all-out defender if if DeMello is having an off night and that off night extends for the rest of the season, then the blue line unit is really in trouble because he's kind of one of the pieces that I would say serve as like glue for the rest of the group. Uh, Dylan and Pionk, you know, I've said in the past, I don't love this pairing, but given the options, I thought it could tread water. Well, if they play like they did against the Stars, that's not going to be the case. They got completely run over, and just about everything that could go wrong for this pairing did go wrong. Uh, Dylan and Pionk constantly made poor passes that got picked off under pressure. They turned the puck over. They struggled to make a really solid impact in terms of uh, forcing turnovers and stuff. Uh, along the walls, they really didn't get the, the the physicality going in the way that I think they're used to. And so this pairing just really had, you know, arguably one of the worst nights among all of the defensive pairings uh, for the Jets. And it's a shame because, you know, you would have hoped that Dylan under this new style from Bones would be able to kind of elevate his game and help Neil out a lot more. But instead, I think it's asking so much of Brendan to kind of be really offensively aggressive and ambitious up and down the ice to where I, I don't know that he's actually capable of doing some of the stuff that Bones really wants. Um, but all of this, of course, you know, I, I did mention that there is another pairing. And the third pairing that I think really stood out in in a rough way um, was, uh, was, was Stanley and Schmidt. Now, I thought Schmidt actually did pretty well on his own. I thought that he had a very offensively active game. Stanley, unfortunately, just can't keep up. I mean, he... You know, he had one situation where he was gapping somebody along the wall and he actually backed off and then proceeded to interfere with the guy. Um, And it was like a clear interference. It wasn't even debatable. He still got beat in the foot race despite being ahead of the skater and having the gapping pretty well under control. And then you saw, you know, another penalty later in the game. Um, He also screened Hellebuck on a goal against. Just stuff from him that shows that I think no matter what, he's able to do out there. Unfortunately, like his size is more of an impediment. Uh, obviously he's got a pretty strong shot and he likes to shoot a lot. It would have been nice if he could use that on something that allows him to make tips um, and, and kind of take advantage of rebounds and stuff. But otherwise his defensive game's just not keeping up. And I think it really is time to start thinking about uh, Sandberg and Heinle stepping into this team sooner rather than later, because as constructed, this defense just isn't getting it done. Now, I know a lot of you are like, well, he brings size. Heinle is risky defensively, and I hear all that. But I think the problem with size being your only selling point is if you still can't outmuscle the smaller skaters and instead only take penalties, if you get beat on those inside cuts, if you don't have the agility to pivot, then you're not really taking advantage. And I think Stanley's issue is also that you know, those speedy, smaller skaters that get the inside drive on him, he can't catch up to, and he doesn't really have 
the ability to stop them without taking some kind of like a restraining foul. So, uh, you know, he, he passes the puck into danger that gets picked off often. He struggles under pressure. He doesn't win those physical battles. This is all stuff that people say about Heinola and to a lesser extent Sandberg. Not really something I've heard with Sandberg for the most part, but definitely criticisms that have been leveled at Heinola. But then you don't ever see the acknowledgement that Vili is a lot better at moving the puck up the ice, at completing those long stretch passes, and being super offensively creative, whether it's on the power play or something else. So at some point, you're just going to have to kind of suck it up with this team's defense not really being a strong defensive unit and figure out how you can still try and maximize the skill sets and try and compensate elsewhere. Because without like a complete overhaul of this team's defensive structure and stuff, I think the blue line is going to continue to really struggle. And that just won't change um, until we see a really big overhaul in the personnel. But that's a lot to ask, and I don't think it's something that the Jets are resolving this year or maybe even next. So for now, you know, try and make the best of it and make some easy substitutions where you can. And I think Stanley kind of taking a, a backseat for a few games would be a good chance for him to kind of decompress and give Sandbrook or Heinola uh, some really valuable reps. And, you know, maybe they'll earn this spot over Logan. But of course, you know, that's not the only issues that I've got with this team. Uh, I think that there are some broader questions that I have that are, are worth talking about in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts in tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Uh, just wrapping up some final thoughts on Winnipeg versus Dallas, which wasn't exactly the best of games. Um, I guess the biggest question that I have for the Jets is, do they really feel like this team is good enough as is? You know, if you constantly try and blame just the coaching uh, under Maurice and stuff as the sole issue, at one point it was, you know, with the roster really healthy and in a good spot. You could say that Maurice and the assistant staff were not getting the most out of the team. But now that that excuse is gone and the front office hasn't really improved the team, while a lot of really important players have departed since then, guys like Andrew Kopp, Paul Stastny, etc. When does this team accept that the roster is, is still not where it needs to be if they're actually serious about competing? I've kind of felt for a long time that the Jets are, are only semi-serious about the playoffs. I kind of feel like they're thinking more along the lines of, of how I am in that, you know, they want to seem like they're making some changes. And in some areas, I think they are setting themselves up for, for more success eventually. But some of the most critical parts of this team still haven't changed. And I think that for me is a sign that Winnipeg really isn't making the strides forward organizationally that it should. And I kind of look at the front office and have to ask, you know, what is your plan for the season? Because uh, it's obvious that this team definitely lacks some stuff in terms of roster depth. I think the Stars very much highlighted those weaknesses. And we've said it since the offseason, this was going to be a problem. So it's not like it's new. But, you know, there are unique opportunities that will develop this year for the Jets to improve this team externally and probably for reasonable costs. I just want to know if the Jets are actually interested in doing that and how they plan to fix this team otherwise, because if the Jets try and go through the season as is, it's going to be rough. And I think Winnipeg uh, would maybe be lying to itself if it thought it was really a playoff team. I think they can get in as is if Hellebuck was outstanding every single night, but you just can't ask him 
to be perfect all the time. He's going to make mistakes and he's going to have games that are maybe not 100% up to his standards, or even if he is playing at a ridiculous level, you know, he can't save like 400 shots a night. The Jets are going to have to give him more support because otherwise, you know, where is this team supposed to go with him? Um, and, And where are the goals coming from in terms of offensive production? If it's not the first line, who else is stepping up? Because as as good as the third and fourth line have been at times, you can't just expect them to be, you know, scoring two to three goals for you every single night with the way that it's currently set up. So a lot of really big questions for the team this year, uh, stuff that's kind of persisted throughout the, the offseason. Bonus, still not back yet, still in recovery from COVID. So we'll see what it's like when he returns. I know his, his assistant staff is trying to step in and do as much as they can in the meantime, but you know, for the Jets, uh, the season could be a long one. Um, let's just hope that, you know, games like these are are a little more infrequent. I do think they'll happen on a, a decently regular basis as the Jets try and learn how to change and adapt to these new systems. But, you know, the less it looks like Winnipeg is uncompetitive, the happier I think we'll all be. So let's hope for brighter and shinier days, which, of course, Ah, having to kick off this week with Vegas and Colorado probably isn't putting it on the right path forward, but maybe Winnipeg surprises us and gives us some really fun hockey then. I'd be curious to know how you're feeling, though, uh, about the first couple of games. Give me your thoughts in the comments section below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first team of the uh, first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Philip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily news updates, analysis, and advice every Monday through Friday. It's available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, so like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!